I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, we are back after taking a week off. We took a week off, which means you haven't heard us for the past couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. In your in your feed. But we're back. We had to take a little breather after Barbenheimer, and it's been a little bit of a... Uh, <laughs> there's been, not been very huge movie releases after Barbenheimer, as you can imagine. However, we have watched movies in theaters. Like, I watched The oh, Haunted yeah. Mansion, I watched Theater Camp, I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I'm still out and about watching movies. But we decided to do something a little different this episode, something we haven't done in a really long time. I'm talking like 100 episodes or something. Wow, it's that long. <laughs> yeah, we are going to do a Blind Spots episode and talk about movies that we have re- regrettably not seen until now, but we exactly. are fixing that. <laughs> so, yes, our Blind Spots movies that I think that most people would either assume that we have seen already or they've been on our watch list for a really long time. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. Or just movies so, that we happen to see. Yeah, that's a that's another one. Just movies we have. Because I got one or two on my list that I'm like, I wasn't gunning to watch this movie. (laughs) Like I don't even know if people have seen this movie. Gotcha. I would say that I think four out of the five movies are movies that were on my watch list, and a couple of them are really big movies. So Hmm. um, I'm excited to go into detail with them and talk about them. So uh, if this is your first time listening, first off. Thank you. And go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. If you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's such a great way for you to get involved and show your support for as little as $2 a month. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And we do want to shout out to our patrons, Curtis Bale, Cindy CD, Alana Grace, Lorna Lee, Sammy, Caitlin, and Kiana. New patron. Hey, Kiana. (laughs) Thank you. And welcome back. Yes. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through, each one of us has five movies that we're going to mention, talk about briefly. Uh, I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, so let us know what was one of the movies, one of your blind spots. Okay, I saw Much Ado About Nothing. From 1993, IMDb synopsis reads, young lovers and soon-to-wed Hero and Claudio conspire to get verbal sparring partners and confirmed singles Benedict and Beatrice to wed as well. This is a Shakespearean adaptation of the play, Much Ado About Nothing, and Kenneth Branagh wrote it and directed it. Obviously, William Shakespeare wrote it, but Kenneth Branagh did the screenplay adaptation yeah yeah the adaptation he stars in it along with emma thompson keanu reeves kate beckinsale and imelda staunton among others i had seen scenes of this movie on tiktok Mm, and i was like i need to watch this movie because (laughs) keanu reeves and uh denzel washington and emma thompson and kate beckinsale 
were offensively attractive in this movie. <laughs> and I was like, I need to watch it. There's shots of all the guys just strolling up in, like, <laughs> on horses, out in the open. It is a big, like, family drama, as well as, you know, there's a conspiracy because Keanu Reeves' Don John is a villain. And it turns into a bit of a reality show to me, and I love that about it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because, as, yes, they're talking in Shakespearean talk, but right. there is ballad drama <laughs> throughout, and I quite enjoyed it. I, I think a lot of people did. The Rotten Tomato score just kind of speaks for itself. 90% critic score, 86% audience score. And it's just fun. I think there was something really nice about seeing everyone really committed and having fun with each other. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never seen the movie. Okay. So I can't speak to it. Um, what probably interests me most is Keanu Reeves. Okay, so Keanu Reeves, like the rage that he displayed as Don John was good. The accent and the delivery terrible terrible mm, i don't that's think, what i figured that's what i figured not play. like it's a version of uh what's his character the character that he plays in dracula which is like horrendous oh. like really bad acting there's no way around it like you can't slice it any other way keanu sucks in dracula <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended and um in this movie i think he was good but as far like you're t- Kenneth Branagh, like Emma Thompson, Denzel, who is chewing up scenery like he's so vivacious on screen. And you're just like, wow, everybody's got their A game. And then then Keanu Reeves is like really (laughs) just annoying. Um, And then he's actually quite villainous. So you're like, oh, my God, somebody take this man out. Like, please. That's wild. That's wild. It is wild. It is. So that's my first movie. That was your first movie, uh, Much Ado About Nothing, from yep. 1993, correct? 93. All right. So we are going to go back in time. We are going to go back to 1957, and we are going to talk about the movie 12 Angry Men. You'd never so seen 12 Angry Men? I had never seen 12 Angry Men. So uh, for those who are not aware just like I wasn't recently. Uh, The jury in a New York City murder trial is frustrated by a single member whose skeptical caution forces them to to more carefully consider the evidence before jumping to a hasty verdict. Wow. Uh, This is a Sidney Lumet film. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's starring Henry Fonda, Lee J. Cobb, uh, Martin Balsam, along many, many others. Uh, Twelve, you could say. Yeah, you could say twelve. (laughs) You're right about that. And I really got to say, I did this movie as a blind buy. What? From the Criterion Collection. Shut up. So they had a sale last month at Barnes & Noble, 50% off all Criterion. And I was like, you know what? I've heard too many good things about the movie. I bought it. And I so then I finally threw it on and I was riveted. Oh my god. I was riveted. Yes. Pretty much from the very beginning. Henry Fonda as the lone jury member who yeah. isn't quite convinced. Um and then 
you know, not to give away too much, but like the way they interact with each other mm-hmm. about the reasoning of like why they believe the things that they believe about this case and how some of the things that they heard in the courtroom don't quite fit like what would happen in normal situations. Yeah. Um, I thought this was expertly written. I thought it was expertly acted. Yeah. The way the camera kind of moves around the room on everyone. Yeah. Is well done. Sydney Lumet, one of one of the greats. Um, I can't recommend this movie enough to yeah, people. Yeah, it's classic. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, it's dollars. On just initial viewing. And I could definitely see myself re-watching this movie. Like, that's how good it is. Mm. And... Yeah, uh, like you've seen it before. Yeah, I saw it in college. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Which I don't want to talk about how far back that was. But yeah, <laughs> I saw it in college and I thought it was uh, really powerful because it not only addresses the prejudices, prejudices and biases of each member of the jury who is supposed to be a, a, a jury of your peers, but it's so interesting how one person started poking holes in the the majority thought and they it that person did such a miraculous thing which was sway the jury right like that movie was able to do it yeah and that's how much dedication you want when you're (laughs) when you're on trial for for something and you get a, a big jury right yeah the grand jury but it's incredible. It's a feat to film all in one spot. They don't yeah. move from the from the room. That is a bottle movie. Yes. Stuck yeah. in one back room with a long table. And you feel the desperation. Like they're hot and sweating. And they're like, I had to just, just get this over with. Like you feel the. It's a really good summer movie. Like in yes. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're feeling the effects. Um, one of the jury the members. Heat, figuratively. Exactly. And literally. Exactly. Like, yeah. he, he has tickets to the Yankee game. Yeah. And, you know, and then you have, like, the summer storm that rolls in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, all these different things that just add to the pressure cooker that mm-hmm. is in that room. Mm-hmm. It's uh, really just an amazing feat. It's so People good. talking in rooms. People talking in rooms. People talking in rooms. There's not much to it. I no. feel like th- these movies, they don't make them anymore, right? Not like that. These simple, it almost, it's a play, basically. You're just watching these people talk. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think, like, the modern audience and maybe even the newer generation would find this, they would just find it boring. Probably, because there's no... There's nothing Change. like happening. Yeah, there's no... It's that's static. what I would say is that there's nothing happening, but there's so much happening. There is. Each jury member brings something to the table in this, you know, the way they view the case mm-hmm. and how, like you said, their prejudices and their biases that they bring in, how it informs how they think about the mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. So expertly done. Yeah. Expertly done. All right. So that was 12 Angry Men, 1957. Nice. Uh, Jessica, what's your next movie? My second movie is one that I don't think anybody has watched. If you've watched this, please reach out to me. I'd like to, I'd like to talk. 
I watched on Amazon Prime to go to bed. I put on 14 Blades from 2010. It's... I'll read the IMDb synopsis. A kung fu thriller set during the Ming Dynasty and centered on a secret service agent, Donnie Yen, in the Emperor's Court, who was betrayed and then hunted by his colleagues. And it's directed by Daniel Lee, also written by Daniel Lee and a few others, Abe Kwong, Tin Shumak, and Ho Leong Lao. Donnie Yen is the main guy. Wei Zhao, Zhao is, um, I don't want to say love interest, but it, there's a love interest in there too. Donnie Yen and just the action genre is like peanut butter and jelly. Yep. And I don't know. <laughs> so the movie was good, but not great quite forgettable in the grand scheme of things it had a really bizarre ending because he was trying to like off himself like he was he was like i'm gonna do this last <laughs> thing and then i'm gonna die like his intention was to f- get revenge or fix things and in the process die himself so mm. yeah he was just like there's nothing to live for and i was like i feel you bro <laughs> like, I don't know, like they showed his upbringing and the way that he was in this special king's guard and all this stuff and it, he was brutalized as a child um, what I liked about the movie was that Donnie Yen's styling is out of bounds. I think the wig <laughs> and the way that they styled him, I was like, why is he so attractive? I've never thought of Donnie Yen like this in my life. Oh my goodness. And then there is a giant age gap between Donnie Yen and Wei Zhao, who plays um, like the girl that's in the movie, basically. And... Despite that, I was like, why is their chemistry sizzling? <laughs> they don't even have anything like overtly. There's no kissing. There's no hugging. Like, this, just like vibes. And I was like, I am eating it up. Eating it up. And you know me, I don't like age gaps. No, I know. You hate them. But I was like, there's something here. Like, we there's need to explore here. this. Oh, my goodness. That is wild to <laughs> and me. Nothing, nothing <laughs> happens. So... Other than that, I really appreciated the action and the choreo and everything. It seems like kind of done old school style, uh, but ultimately just forgettable. Mm. I I would want to talk to somebody who's watched 14 Blades and be like, this is the best film I've ever seen. I have so many positive things to say about it. You heard her. You heard her. Yeah. If you've seen this movie, please contact Jessica. Do it. Definitely. All right. So that was your second movie. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with my second movie. Uh, again, one of those movies that I feel like I should have already watched, um, but it was a more recent movie. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to 2015, uh, The Big oh. Short. You never watched The Big Short? No, I, n- I had never seen it. You know what? Neither have I. Look at that. I've never <laughs> seen The Big Short to this day. So for those who don't know The Big Short, in 2006 and 2007, a group of investors bet against the United States mortgage market in their research, they discover how flawed and corrupt the market is. This has uh, such people as Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt, among many others. Um, and so the movie is, this is kind of Adam McKay's, because he's directed it, uh, his first foray into like the dramedy type of thing where mm. he takes comedy, but he's mixing in like real life, like heavy subject matter. So he did that with Vice and he did that with Don't Look Up. But this one feels the most successful of those three. Mm. This one um, 
throws a lot of language at you in terms of like what it means, like shorting a a stock and Mm -hmm. a bond and and a lot of legal jargon like that. And then there's a lot of companies that you'll remember like um, Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Like a lot of these major financial firms who you know went through that hardship in 08, the mm-hmm. mark, you know, the housing bubble. And it's great acting, uh, comedic, stylish. Like they, they take moments, for those who have seen it, they take moments like if something's a little too boring, they'll be like, all right, so you're not going to understand this. So to better explain it, here's Margot Robbie in a hot tub drinking champagne to explain it to you. And so, like, she, like, breaks it down, like, in a very layman term. Then later on, okay, we know you're not going to know this. So here's Chef Anthony Bourdain to kind of explain what is this type of thing. <laughs> and he's, like, explaining. It's kind of like cod and what and all that. Oh and then later God. on, it's like, okay, this last part, it's a little boring. So here's Selena Gomez and whatever. <laughs> and so, like, it's so funny the way they, like, throw. These are things that you're never going to remember. They're very tough. So let's get some spice to like get you and you know into it. And then Gosling sometimes breaks the fourth wall and he's like talking to the camera oh. and like explaining stuff. I think that overall a very good movie. Very good. Very funny. There's so many moments where you're just like laughing out loud for what someone says or what they uh, basically, are their reaction to something? I see, and is hilarious. So, yeah, it I would was say nominated check it out. for a bunch of Oscars. Oh yeah, best actor in a supporting role, best picture, best writing for adapted screenplay, best directing, and best film editing. Yeah, I I agree. Like I you can agree. understand <laughs> why it would be nominated. So, uh, yeah, so that is the big short from. 2015. Wow. All right. My next movie is, (laughs) again, if you've been on TikTok the last few days, (laughs) then you might have seen some clips rolling around of a very young Helena Bonham Carter and Carrie Elwes together in this period piece. And it was speaking my language. I don't know if you know this, Rico, but for the past few weeks, couple of weeks, it's been Carrie Elwes in this house. (laughs) like we watched this movie that i'm about to talk about we watched princess bride we watched um men in tights and he was uh, just in uh, dead reckoning he was just in dead reckoning and then tonight we watched him in the jungle book from 1993 i think three or four three or four around there which is one of my favorite movies and i actually bought it on dvd and we were like cheering each other because it's an elusive dvd they did not make a bunch of these so if you look on amazon it's like a 30 to 60 dollars whoa usually and because it was at an all-time low of like 30 something dollars i bought it (laughs) (laughs) And so we watched it tonight. Another Carrie Ellis performance. The movie that I watched and that I will talk about today is Lady Jane from 1986. Wow. I'm to be synopsis reads the story of Lady Jane Grey, who was Queen of England for only nine days. The nine days queen 
and it's directed by Trevor Nunn, written by Chris Bryant and David Edgar. Obviously, it stars our two leading people. who have Lady Jane Grey, Helena Bonham Carter, and Carrie Elwes plays her husband, um, Guilford Dudley. So, uh, also, Patrick Stewart is in here as Helena Bonham Carter's hey. father. <laughs> and John Wood plays John Dudley, who is Carrie Elwes' dad. Listen here. This movie is unbearably long. I don't know why it's this long. And I am a fan of period pieces. I go watch a period piece of The Cows Come Home. But holy yep. shit, this movie was long. Because it went through like everything. Her, li- her life before. She doesn't want the marriage. She gets married. And then the nine days of her being queen. And this whole machination of the parents. So it's quite devastating only because... You know it's not going to end well. They both get beheaded. <laughs> like, this is history, okay? This is history. Yeah, yeah, it's history. And I like them together as a couple. You buy in. Obviously, there's historical reports that say they were not. And I'll be all Shakespearean-type lovers. Uh, they were probably hated each other in real life or were indifferent to each other. But it's fine. For the movies, we can play up a romance between... A teenage-looking Helena Bonham Carter and a really young Carrie Elwes before he got veneers. So (laughs) I was into it. They were really cute and uh, lovely. And then they just, it all hell breaks loose for the nine days. So Of course it does. Big dreams. And then it all comes crashing down because Mary, Queen of Scots, comes in and claims the throne. And there we go. And that's it. <laughs> so did, uh, would you recommend this to people? Like who are- well, if you're a fan of period pieces, then yes, absolutely. If you're a fan of Carrie Elwes or Helena Bonham Carter, for sure. But for the casual viewer, absolutely not. It's really long. The critics consensus is, I'm sorry, not critics consensus. The Rotten Tomato score is 56% critics, Ooh, that's not good. 76% audience score. I'm towards the audience score on this one. It, it's fine. But, right. you know, watch at your own risk, I guess. All right. So that was Lady, Lady Jane, Jane from 1986. Yep. All right. So let me go ahead and talk about my third movie. Now that you finished your third movie. Uh, the third movie, also for 2015. Didn't oh. realize that it was the same year. Uh, but this movie is Burnt with uh, Bradley Cooper. Uh, and some other people are... are uh, now I'm blanking on his name. Oh, well, we have Sienna Miller, Daniel Bruhl, uh, and Alicia Vikander, who makes like a brief appearance. So does Emma Thompson and Uma Thurman, who also makes a brief appearance as well. <laughs> uh, so the plot of this movie is Adam Jones is a chef who destroyed his career with drugs and diva behavior. He cleans up and returns to London determined to redeem himself and... Uh, by spearheading a top restaurant that can gain three Michelin stars. So he's going for his third Michelin star. He's already had two. And so um, what's funny is that this movie came a year after the movie Chef. I was going to say, wasn't there like a string of chef movies and food-themed movies? Okay. For sure. There there was a boom in the early 2010s of like chef There was another one called No Reservation. Do you remember? Yes, there was. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Aaron Eckert. Yep. Eckert. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Because that was the boom. And then Julia and Julia. Yeah, that was another movie I saw recently as well uh, for the first time. 
So, yeah, it was a big boom in that early 2010s and mid 2010s. E Pray Love, I feel like, kind of might. Kind of. I don't know. (laughs) A little bit. But uh, this movie, I think that this is one of those movies where they are capturing Bradley Cooper's, like, star on the rise, you know? Okay. Because it's after hangover it's after he's made appearances and some other stuff and now like here let's see if we could just put you in a movie as the star and get you you know make the movie and revolve it around you Mm. and i think it's good i think that it it pulls its punches it doesn't really show us like that behavior that set him down the wrong path we are seeing him on the recovery side oh so he just talks about his addictions and he talks about his womanizing like he but we don't actually see like the repercussions of it or even like there's one moment that you see him kind of slip, you know, it but sounds like it wasn't that interesting. It's not as interesting as I would have hoped for. Um, I think the cooking scenes are fine. But I think it's more of the... Well, you could just come off chef, right? And chef is that's magical. The problem. That's the problem. Is that if you were to pair this together, chef is definitely the more enjoyable experience. Superior. The superior experience. Plus, the food shots are so much better in chef oh. than they are here. That's a problem for me. I think that if you're going to have a movie about food, there should be... Some very, Mm -hmm. very interesting Mm -hmm. looking food to be able to look at, Mm -hmm. being prepared. But a lot of it is just like shots of the kitchen staff, like working on stuff. But we don't actually like get overhead shots of food. It's more like, come on, pick up the like it's a lot of just like a lot of yelling. Yeah, it's a little montage. And, you know, he is very he's he's an asshole in the movie, like the way he like treats everybody and everything and the movie kind of goes through the route of like can you be this kind of person and have a successful restaurant Mm -hmm. a successful kitchen can you build relationships with people with women um so overall i mean bradley cooper he's 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 a good actor and everything but i just don't think this was really it when it comes to showcasing, yeah. Every like, time I see more. it kind of pop up on streaming, I'm like, mm. it's okay. Yeah, that's the problem. So if if you like Bradley Cooper as an actor and you haven't seen this, knock it out. You know that way you you know his entire uh, resume. Mm. But if you're looking for a good like cooking <laughs> movie, chef movie, then sure, right. But if you're looking for a chef or cookie movie, Chef from chef. 2014 is a much so great. more enjoyable movie. So that's number three for me. Burnt. Okay. Gotcha. My number four movie is Waiting to Exhale from 1995. And this has also made the rounds on TikTok. Can you believe how many times TikTok has influenced me in the past few weeks? <laughs> this movie, <laughs> Waiting to Exhale, IMDb synopsis reads, based on Terry McMillan's novel, this film follows four very different African-American women and their relationships with men. It is directed by Forrest Whitaker. Yes, Forrest Whitaker, written by the novelist Terry McMillan and Ron Bass. It stars... 
I don't think you're ready for this. Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine, Lila Rashawn. Plus, wow. <laughs> I don't think you're ready. Dennis Haysbert, Michael hey. Bre- <laughs> Michael Beach, and Gregory Hines, among others. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a cast. Like Wendell Pierce is in it. Leon is in it. Wendell Pierce. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey. So these ladies are best friends, but they, you know, they go through ups and downs in their relationships. But honestly, the movie is sort of boring in between the larger bombastic scenes between them and their significant others. So Angela Bassett's her, she like in the very opening sequence, she's getting ready for a party and her husband comes up and is like, would you be mad if um, we don't go to the party? And she was like, no, I wouldn't be mad. But then he goes on and says, I'm going to take so-and-so instead. And he reveals that he's been cheating on her and he's going to take his mistress to this party with all of their Yo. friends. And yeah, it, it was like really crazy. And Angela Bassett does so well as Bernadine. I fucking root for her the whole movie. And she, the her scenes are the ones that I saw on TikTok where I was like, Oh my god! You haven't seen that one where she's kind of like going crazy and she's going through a closet. No, she's I haven't. going through his closet and like the throwing out his stuff. No, I haven't. It hasn't come across. Oh my, my god! I'm gonna send you it after after we get off this, so you can see this one scene. Because honestly, the whole movie's not worth watching except for some of the scenes with Whitney, some of the scenes with Angela, Loretta, like bits and pieces here are good. Whitney Houston breaking up with her um, dude, who <laughs> she's the one who's dating Dennis Haysbert. She's the other woman. Yeah. And so she, (laughs) I just love how your face is like, what? You have to see some of these scenes. But when she breaks up with Dennis Haber, it's like, oh my God. Yes. Finally. Because they all get treated like shit at some point. And it's like, like for what? For what? For these no good men. For these no good men. So, yeah, it makes you kind of just pissy about men in general. But honestly, it the movie's not that extraordinary. It's just some of these scenes. And Angela Bassett, I think, like carries the whole movie to me. Whitney's not at her best. I don't feel like she's not in. She's not really popping off a screen. Gotcha. But she does have like a song or two. <laughs> no, it's <deep. laughs> Of course. Of course. So. Of course she does. Yeah. So that's Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale. All right. So my fourth movie, this is one of those big ones where people are like, you've never seen, you know, and insert whatever title it was. So this one is from 1974 and it is Chinatown. I've never seen this movie either. There we go. So both of us are in the same. Well, we were in the same boat. (laughs) Yeah. You know, got off at the pier. (laughs) So uh, Chinatown, 1974. Starring Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, and it's directed by Roman Polanski. I know there's controversy there. Um, So um, just to give you the synopsis, the movie is a private detective hired to expose an adulterer in 1930s Los Angeles finds himself caught up in a web of deceit, corruption, Mm -hmm. and murder. So is it a noir? Yes, it is. It is a detective noir. And... I think it is a very good movie. It's very good. Okay. Where's the butt? I think, hold on. 
before I get to the butt. Okay, I heard it um, coming, and then I cut you off. It is, it's written very well. Um, I think Jack Nicholson is incredible as a lead. I mean, that's like saying, "Hey, water's wet." Um, <laughs> but he is. He's he's he has this charm to him that he knows how to turn on for people when he's interacting with them. You buy him as a private detective, mm-hmm. being able to like run around Los Angeles in the 1930s, and he gets involved in this entire conspiracy that's happening. Mm. Um, and he he is getting involved with Faye Dunaway's character, and there's a twist at the end that's like a legendary twist. That this feels I, like LA I Confidential. Uh, see, I don't know because I've never seen it. Bitch, oh my god. <laughs> I was going to ask you if LA Confidential was like there a could good be companion piece to Chinatown. It could be. It could be. I I can't give you the answer. <gasps> oh my but god. So basically, I have to watch Chinatown and you have to watch LA Confidential. There we go. <laughs> so now we got So here's the thing about the movie though. Number 1, the 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 twist that happens was spoiled for me. Oh, was like, it? Years ago. Oh, I don't know shit about Chinatown, so. There you go. So if you go in, spoiled, you'll yeah. go in blind. And then, number two, I think that it was so hyped up beforehand, oh. like one of the great movies of the 70s and all that, that I did find it a little bit lacking. Mm. Uh, I won't say it's a bad movie. It's not. I think that I would recommend it to people who do like the noir detective style stories um it's it's very enjoyable in that aspect uh the acting is amazing um some of the shots that they set up like you know being around los angeles look amazing but yeah i i think my biggest thing that i will say is that the con not the controversy sorry the the conspiracy that he gets involved in is a little lame mm, underwhelming. It, it's underwhelming it, it deals with the city's water supply and like there's a cover a government cup cover-up type of thing so so it's not all that ideal but i'm i'm definitely more interested in what happens with um nicholson and dunaway mm-hmm. those two have great chemistry I think there was an age gap there for sure. Uh-huh. But in the other way. Like, Faye Dunaway is uh-huh. the older. Okay. Yeah, because okay. she's like a... I want to say she's like a widower at that time. I could be wrong, though. Um, <laughs> I could be very wrong, actually. Now Stop that I think about saying it. shit. You got back up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm completely wrong. Okay. But anyway, um, so... But she is treated no like an Dunaway. older. No, no offense to Dunaway. She is treated somewhat like an older woman, even though she's not. Anyway, overall, very good movie. Do I recommend it? Yes. Would you watch I, it again? Yeah, over okay. some time I would. Eventually, <laughs> I would watch it. Again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I have to watch it again right now. Mm. But. Yeah, I would definitely, like, after some time, revisit it, see how I feel when I revisit it that time Mm. to see if it feels a little different. Knowing what's going to happen, letting the hype get away from me type of thing. Yeah. So, 
that is my fourth movie, Chinatown from 1974. But, so my fifth movie and final movie is Kick-Ass from 2010. I had never seen it before. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's directed by Matthew Vaughn, written by Jane Goldman, Matthew Vaughn, Mark Miller, and John... Ramita Jr. Those last two names are for the comic book because this is a comic book adaptation. We've got Aaron Taylor Johnson when he's like just become a Getting teenager. Started, he's pretty much. super young. Nicholas Cage, Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, Evan Peters. How do you say his name? Christopher Mintz Plassi? Plas. 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 Yeah. Plas. Yeah. So we have that guy too. Um, fucking love this movie it's so hilarious really <laughs> I nice. really enjoyed it and um i feel like a couple of things wouldn't fly today oh yeah uh maybe more than a couple but it was really enjoyable to watch and i thought that the whole concept of this kid just getting like obsessed with superheroes <laughs> and comics and be like why can't i be a real superhero is so relatable in the era of or should we call it post era of superheroes because the MCU is floundering, but that's another story for another day. I really loved Nicolas Cage and Chloe Grace Moretz. I think even more than Aaron Taylor Johnson in this movie. Yeah. They're the better parts of the movie. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> Especially Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is doing, I don't know what in this movie. He's just, he's doing Batman. Scenery. He's doing Batman. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing Batman. And he's got exactly. like the trusty stead in his daughter, yeah. like a makeshift Robin. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Batman and Robin. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It really is. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I haven't revisited it in a long time, but I'll never forget the first time that they're watching the security cam footage and it's the first time that Nicolas Cage's character is in, in his yes. costume. Yeah. And so like it goes from the TV and it like goes into the TV and then like you see the actual entire yeah, like, fight that screen. happens. Oh yeah, it like just fantastic. Just very good movie, very enjoyable. And you're right, it is not for like the faint of heart or anything like that. No, because it's quite gory and violent and stupid like it's just stupid i don't know if they would even try and make something like this nowadays they already did a kick-ass too no yeah they did jim carrey's in it by the way he's great my gosh replacing nick cage i guess (laughs) kind of like that figure loose cannon exactly uh so that was your last movie right yeah that was my last movie kick-ass all right so my last one this is for all the marbles this is probably one of the three like biggest movies that was on my my blind spot list. Like these are this is one of the three that I've been dying to see, but like I I kept waiting for like you oh my mom old. wants to see it and oh yeah. It is old. It is from nineteen forty two. Oh it is the classic Oh my god. Casablanca. So finally it's got so, to see it. I- you had not seen Casablanca before. No. But you'd seen clips of it. Yes, I've seen clips. You know, I've the very famous ending, you know. Um, so, yeah, like I knew things about this movie. You went on the great movie ride. You get it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I do get it. And after watching. What would you say? What do you think? 
this movie's fantastic. It's this so movie good. It's an incredible movie. Yeah. Like, I regret not buying it, like, on Blu-ray some time ago. It was yeah. one of those things where I was just going to, like, should I just buy it just to mm-hmm. have it? And no, I should have it. I should have it. <sighs> because it was an immediate 4.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Immediate. And just the... How did it make you feel? I felt, let me see, there were moments where I just felt giddy because, like, the the chemistry that's there between the palpable. characters. Be- oh, palpable. Uh, it's a third character in the room. <laughs> <laughs> the sexual tension is a third character. It really is. And, my God, Ingrid Bergman. Lovely. She's so lovely in that My movie. Goodness. Yeah. That's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was um, just so gorgeous and uh, so sweet, I thought. Oh, yeah. She she plays a, I don't want to say damsel in distress or, in, you know, but I will say she does play like a, how do I describe it? It's not naive either because she understands what's happening, but there is definitely there's a, a soft strength softness to her. To her. Yeah, yes. that, I, that you like, and it's not naivety. You're just, she's just passionate. Yes, she is passionate. Um, now, I do think, you get that um, <laughs> reference that Sally makes, and when Harry met Sally, where she's like, "Any woman in my position would choose the same thing and marry." <laughs> <laughs> Victor <Yeah>. Laszlo. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Oh man, and it really <laughs> one of my favorite things that I've ever seen is comes from Saturday Night Live. Oh Lord. Um, Kate McKinnon and J.K. Simmons recreate Casablanca, and and Kate McKinnon is just like <laughs> I uh, remember this. Yes. Oh, yeah, like they play it out as like, oh, the Germans are coming and Nazis and everything. <laughs> well, I better get on that plane. I better and go. And like every <laughs> J.K. Simmons is like delivering the lines that Bogart and he, he, she's like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's lovely. Paris. It's fine. I got to go. I got to <laughs> like <she's> go. Just, <laughs> and then yeah. at the very end, Doesn't when he delivers like, that line. Ooh. Yeah, like, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> and then finally, at the end, when he delivers that last line, you know, our problems don't amount to you know, uh, uh, ant of a uh, hill of ants or anything like that. Right. He delivers like that powerful line, and he's like, "Oh, bye." Bye. <laughs> she like steps <laughs> off. <laughs> oh yeah. Man. Now so, you get it. Yeah, wow. I get, I mean it was still funny before, but even now it's it's great. I I I, I just wasn't ex- sure exactly what to expect because I kind of knew that it was about escaping the Nazis, you know, but I didn't know like the details of like, oh, this is a man who was writing for these papers to stand up to the Nazi regime, and they needed to try to get him out. And then you have Humphrey Bogart, who kind of Pretends like he doesn't care about anything, but he he definitely cares. He definitely cares. Yep. Um, and 
yeah, I just love the movie. The song, you know, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, the song is mm-hmm. quite lovely. And I am so glad you watched it. Yeah, I'm glad too. Yeah. That is one of those great movies. Highly, highly recommend. Look, there's going to be people. Oh, yeah. Who they see in black and white and they're like, no. I'm telling you, man. You got to give movies. Get over it. Get over it. There are some some of my favorite movies are from an older era. Mm-hmm. Like before the 1960s. Yeah. Even. Like we're at, this is already up there. This right there, um, "To Catch a Thief" by Hitchcock. Oh God, I love God. To Catch I love a that thief. movie. Oh my gosh, love that's that in movie. color. That's in color, but it's an old movie, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, there was, um, what was the name of the other Hitchcock movie on the train? Um, yes, yes. Well, yes. I know there's a lot of yes, yes, yes. The Lady Vanishes. Lady, yes, The Lady Vanishes. That right amazing there. Amazing movie. Amazing movie. And that's like from 34 or something yes. like that. Yo, so if you are hesitant to ever go onto like TCM, Turner Classic Movies, it's like, oh, old movies. No, I'm telling you, give it a chance mm-hmm. because you're going to see some of the influences of the current movies you're watching now. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the big thing. That you get a bitter picture of... Oh, so that's where they got the idea of one of my favorite movies from like today, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember feeling that way about It Happened One Night, which is the original rom-com. Yes. It and Happened One Night. I remember night. watching that and thinking, these are like archetypes that we have today because of this movie and others that came just after it. And it was incredible to to see it and actually be affected by you know the foundation exactly um a recent one uh philadelphia story oh i need to watch that one check it out Ooh, because it that. is katherine hepburn yeah uh um what's his name from to catch a thief uh-huh yes K- uh carrie Gr- uh carrie grant. grant yes and jimmy stewart yes the jimmy stewart is, in watched, a completely okay, different <sighs> Here's the thing. So I started watching the Philadelphia story last Christmas with my mom. And we were both like, we really want to watch. I've never seen it before. We both had the same idea. We started fell asleep. Ah. I blame all the sugar that we were having around Christmas. But yeah. So I've never gone back to finish it. I would say go ahead. And there is a moment where I was like, oh, now I get the Jimmy Stewart thing. Because Jimmy Stewart, in my eyes, he's a good actor, don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of times where he has like this kind of goofiness, aloofness to him, which is cool for like comedies and stuff. But I never saw it as a romantic lead. Uh But then when I saw Philadelphia Story, I was like, oh, I get it. And there's a moment where he has like this palpable, sizzling like chemistry with Catherine Hepburn. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was so surprised. Catherine Hepburn's one of my favorites. Like, she's amazing. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's another recommendation for you. Just a, sp- <laughs> just a free To finish the one. Philadelphia story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you have HBO Max, Philadelphia story should be on there. All right. So. Wow. We did it. We did it. Those are our blind spots for uh, the most recent year almost. 
I mean, over 100 episodes. But these are all recent for me, at least. In the last like couple of months, I've seen these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. For me, it's been a f- few weeks. couple okay. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have been on a kick to really like you watch have. as you know as many movies as i can especially the afi 100 list i'm trying to work through that um that was one of my goals for this year um i'm doing okay <laughs> you I might f- be behind i'm just a little bit because a lot of those movies are not available is the problem they're not available like on any streaming so i'm gonna have to either rent them or or do something like that i have to say i watched lady jane on canopy because my sister has a library card and you can get movies on canopy so i highly recommend signing up for that and there's a bunch of old movies on there some recent ones as well if you don't have hbo max like that's free (laughs) canopy is free if you have a library card so Pro tip. That's that's how I saw recently. Uh, well, not that recent, but uh, Sunset Boulevard. Yes, yeah, Sunset I saw Boulevard's it. on there. I yeah. saw it through Canopy. So some really good movies on there. Free if you have a library card. Very yep. good. All right. So that has been our blind spots. Um, we haven't decided what we're doing next week. Nope. Because <laughs> I know... Of a movie that comes out, but I don't think either one of us is interested. So we might do something different or maybe reach into the past, do another either maybe Hall of Fame or maybe do who knows. We'll we'll figure it out. But definitely check us out on socials. Uh, Can you let the people know where they could check us out on the socials? They can check us out at Always Critic Pod on everywhere, TikTok and Twitter and uh, or X, sorry, um, <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. But we're mostly active on Instagram. So if you want to get in touch with us, that's the best place to do it. And then obviously, if you want to support us, if you want extra content from us, be a patron, become a patron. You can check out the page on Always. Oh, sorry. That's not it patreon.com slash always critic pod and we have two tiers two dollars and five dollars and you get a bunch of extra content and a backlog of episodes from us and we'd love to interact with you on there yes definitely check us out there so with that being said that has been our episode i'm rico and i'm jessica and this has been the always the critic podcast (laughs) 